Amen. Well, I'm excited again this morning. It's good to be here. Um, <clears throat> what an honor. What a privilege. You know, uh, while we're worshiping, I was doing some numbers. I was crunching some numbers. And uh, if you look at, you know, how many weeks there are in a year, <clears throat> there's 52 weeks, right? And you times that by five. I, remember, I can't remember the top of my head. Let me double check. Uh, that's 260. And give or take a couple, that is how many Sundays Donnie Snalem has been leading worship. Showing up, coming in, leading worship. Man, I'm watching him, dude, I'm watching him sing, and like his voice is going like, that guy has such a good voice. I'm like, how does a muscle get stronger? By using it all the time, right? And Donnie's been doing this for five years, basically every week, and it's just incredible to see that, you know, to watch. I mean, there was times when we first got out here, y'all, where he was loading the sound in and out of the truck, setting up sound, you know, training up a team, doing all this stuff, and so it's just, it's just incredible to see that, man, and it was a great time of worship, right? Yeah, Absolutely. You know, that, and then, then all, all the other just people that are serving, you know, we got people, uh, you know, over in the, in the check-in station and classrooms, guys jumping in to fill in because people are sick and not able to do stuff. And so it's just incredible to see that level of uh, just, you know, community and family just gathering together to, to do this, to have fun, to celebrate, to create this opportunity to, to be together and to uh, glorify Jesus. And so, um, so this morning what we're going to get into is uh, receive and remember the blessings of heaven uh, last, last Sunday, Pastor Andy uh, talked about some of the hurdles that we experience when we, when, for, to be able to receive. And it's been awesome because uh, throughout the week I've talked to different people and consistently I hear, oh man, yeah, it's hard to receive. For whatever reason, right, in our pride and our selfishness and our, in our, our, our desire to do things on our own, it's so hard for us to receive things. And the coolest part about being able to receive is the, it's just the fact that what Jesus did on the cross is the most significant thing that could ever have happened. And there's nothing that any of us could have done to, to, to do what he did. And see what thing called salvation, what, like, what, what more is there to receive, right? Like how much more embarrassing or shameful or hard could it be to receive anything else when we've already received this gift of salvation that, that Jesus has given us. And so... Um, so while Pastor Andy did that last week, you know, really drove home on that, um, he's, he's out of town celebrating with family, spending time with family. And so I'm going to go into a, the different direction of remembering the different blessings uh, from my own personal life. And so kind of the way that I look at it is like, you know, last week dad was here dropping the hammer, and now the fun uncle's here to, to have fun. Okay, guys? So, so we're going we're gonna to get into some fun stuff. We're going to look at some of the things that God has done in my life, and, and kind of just celebrate, right? Just kind of remember and reflect um, on what God has done in, in my life. And so, um, you know, it's just, remembering is so, so important. Uh, it was last year, I think April, about the time April, May, we're selling our house, and uh, I'm sitting in my living room, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Robert Goodman walks through our front door, <laughs> and he comes in, he's like, here, I have this skateboard, and he brought a skateboard for Maverick, and I was excited, because when I was a kid, you know, uh, <laughs> younger, more limber, more uh, uh, agile. I used to skate a lot, and so I was so excited and uh, teaching Maverick some stuff. Anyway, uh, immediately, back the next day, I'm, I'm riding on it, just, you know, cruising down our entryway, and just for whatever reason, like, I stop, and then Jenna said it was like a tree falling, just slow, bam! And I landed on the skateboard, I had a huge bruise here, and my elbow was all swollen up. I think it was on this side, actually. <laughs> but just wrecked myself on the skateboard. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'll never do that again <clears throat> for at least seven months. Because then in December, we're walking around the park, and I'm like, okay, I can do this. I'm just cruising along. 
nice and easy, and I'm cruising along, and I'm, I'm literally with Maverick, because he was uneasy with riding, and I'm like, dude, look, it's so easy, it's such a smooth ride, bam! <laughs> and I fall again, and I'm like, <gasps> I couldn't breathe, and he's like, he's like running through the park, mom, dad fell on the skateboard, and everyone's like looking at me, I'm like, <gasps> oh man, so uh, when we forget, we get hurt, right, when we can remember the different things that happened to the lessons we've learned, the experiences we've learned, uh, we, we are able to be safe and protected. And the, more importantly, when we remember the things that God has done in the past, the things that God has done in our life, we hold on to these things and we're able to, to learn from them and know who God is and forgiving our sins, healing us of all of our diseases, redeeming us, saving us, and covering us with his love and his mercy. So we're going to get into some of that this morning. Uh, so let's pray real quick. God. I thank you so much for your goodness to us, God, um, just for your love, your mercy, everything you've done, all of the blessings of heaven that you've poured out um, for us to receive. God, I pray that this morning we would be able to uh, kind of get excited about some of those things and to look at ways that we can, God, start receiving and remembering and allowing these things to change us. So, Lord, we thank you for it, Jesus, in your name. Amen. So, have you all ever seen like, um, like a little dog that thinks it's bigger than it is? Right, this little tiny dog, it's like, you used to like chihuahuas, right? They're just fighting and trying to go take on a Doberman Pinscher or like a, a Rottweiler. You know, this big, big little dog just barking, yipping, trying to do its thing. I've been kind of the opposite of that for a lot of my life, where this big dog, but there's this timidity and this scaredness and this fear and this kind of cowardice that's, that's inside of me. Um, when I was, I was about 13 years old, it was my sister's birthday party, and we had some friends over, and we had walked to the store to go get sodas and snacks or whatever, <coughs> excuse me, and as we're walking back, uh, this, this guy drives by, this teen, one of the teenagers from the high school that uh, was in the, in the neighborhood, and he was, kind of, it was a small town that we lived in, he was kind of a, a, a bully, right, and <coughs> we're walking, and this guy drives up with his girlfriend and a car full of people, and he just starts laying into my sister. Because my sister was really, she was a hardcore punk. She had her head shaved, you know, it was spiked blonde, bleach blonde, you know. She wore like all, she was just a hardcore punker chick in this like podunk little town in Northern California. Bunch of, you know, uh, rednecks and things like that. So she was like, like an outcast. She was like, you know, she stuck out like a sore thumb. And this guy pulls up and just starts making fun of her, calling her all these horrible, terrible names. And, you know, and, and you know, you'd think my response as an older brother would be like, hey, fool, let's do this thing. Nope, I kind of just like shrunk back and just stopped. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's happening? And uh, my sister, she takes her garbage. She's like, whatever, dude. And she throws her garbage, her lollipop, in the guy's car. Oh my God, I was like, I couldn't believe it. And I'm sitting there like, just like cowering. And so if, in case you think like I am so weak in that story, my buddy Michael is with us. And afterwards, once the guy drove off, because he was like getting angry and his girlfriend's like, let's just go. And so they drove away. My buddy Michael was way back there. And so he just started doing this, like slowly walking backwards. So even though I didn't go and say and do anything, and my sister was the brave one, I wasn't back there like that guy. But, you know, um, but that, that's been a lot of my life, you know. Um, you know, it's just feeling afraid, having this kind of sense of cowardice and fear of, of, of facing each day, of having to, um, having just to be ready and present for whatever is ahead of me. And, and one of the greatest things that I've received from God one of the blessings of heaven is confidence. And not confidence in myself, but confidence in the power of God and his Holy Spirit. Check out that 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity or cowardice, 
but of power and love and discipline. When I look back on my life and how I handled things, even as a teenager, you know, and who I was, it doesn't make sense for me to be doing what I'm doing and to be who I am today. I'm not even kidding. I was like a weak, timid little person, afraid of my own shadow. But because of the Spirit of God, because of the power of God that's in me, there's a confidence that I'm able to walk each day with that is not of myself. And it doesn't mean that there aren't scary things or things that throw me off. But fear within magnifies the fear without. And the Bible says that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world, and that the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives inside of me. And it's the same for each of us in here. We all have hard, scary things that we have to face, things that are out of our control, and things that are because of our own decisions that we have to confront, we have to deal with. And it's hard, it's scary. There's a timidity sometimes and a cowardice and a fear to face these things. But as we press in to what God has given us and as we receive the power of his Holy Spirit, we're not given to fear. We're not given to, to uh, you know, intimidation by what's going on in our lives. And it transforms us to be able to do things in ways that we've never been able to do before. Ways, living, living ways and, and thinking and being able to do stuff that didn't make sense. You know, I look at, um, you know, the confidence that I have in my calling as a father, as a husband, you know, as a friend, as a brother to people. Right, the, the, the confidence that we're, a, we're able all to have for the different situations that come in our life. This comes from the Holy Spirit. And it comes from what God is doing. And so, you know, when we receive that confidence, it's important for us to remember not just who we were before and how scared and hard and stressful life was before, but to remember all of the things that God has done throughout our lives. Right? I've talked before about the fact that, you know, we... We packed up and moved across the country to come plant this church. And if you would have asked me, man, was that confident or crazy? I would have said, yeah, it was both. <laughs> I don't know. But there's just something about me knowing what God had done and being able to see it and to remember the power that he had, he had uh, displayed through my life that had come through in ways in the past. And it just gave this confidence. So you know what? This doesn't make sense. And it's way above and beyond me. But greater is he who is in me than you know, these things are real, they're hard, they're scary. The power of the Holy Spirit, right? But when we can, we can have confidence in the power of the Holy Spirit, right? We've received not a spirit of timidity, but of power, right? And that word power is, is you've probably heard this before, but it's uh, this Greek word is dunamis. And, and one of the cool definitions about it is that it talks about it's the innate nature of a thing, right? So inside of, of us, who we are with the Holy Spirit in us is power, not of ourselves, not of our own strength, but because of the Holy Spirit. And so greater is he who is me than he who is in the world. Um, another huge thing, a big part of uh, something I've received um, in my life is healing. And this next verse, uh, Jeremiah 33, verse 6, it says, Behold, I will bring to it health and healing, and I will heal them, and I will reveal to them an abundance of peace and truth. My late 20s, I started getting all of this, like, horrible body pain. 
I didn't know what was going on. I had done a lot of weightlifting the years before that, and so I thought maybe, like, I really damaged my body. But then I started getting, uh, like, all these, like, red swollen up on my elbow and my knee. I remember I was at the furniture store one day, um, and Heidi Krause was there, Grandma Heidi, and she I was showing her my elbow was all swollen up. She's like, oh, that does not look good because <laughs> it was just big ballooned elbow. So painful, and I had no idea what was going on. And it was so exhausting. It just wore me down. And then um, time went on. We moved out here. I finally saw a doctor, and she referred me to a rheumatologist. And the rheumatologist said, you have tophaceous gout. Oh, and by the way, you also have a genetic marker for ankylosing spondylitis, which, which is a fun thing to say. But, and, and so he said, but don't worry about it. It just means that, you know, he showed me pictures, literally, guys. The rheumatologist, I'm in his office, and he's pulling up pictures of tophaceous gout for people who have had it forever, and like fingers gnarled up, elbows, knees, just like these huge tophi, these huge things gnarled up, and I'm sitting there thinking like, this is the rest of my life, right? And he said, but don't worry about it, you know, if you feel some tightness in your back, try to do some stretches, and he was just very like, just like, hey, you're going to be okay, but like he just literally told me that for the rest of my life, it's progressively going to get harder and worse and more painful, and I was crushed. It sent me through a spiral, and I had already had some mental, emotional distress and issues for a lot of my life before that, and so now I'm being told that for the rest of my life, it's just going to be miserable pain for the, forever. So it spiraled me out for a super long time, and I didn't know, uh, I remember I had this mantra that I would say, uh, where I would just say, just 50 more years. Like, and I, you know what I mean, I kind of say it sarcastically, but in my mind, it was like, I just have 50 more years left on this earth, and I can finally be done. And I would just kind of say that for a number of years, and it got to a point where that was, it just, it was not sustainable. Where I was just like, I cannot keep going on like this. This is not going to, I can't last 50 years like this. And so what I began to do through a different series of events and different things that God prompted me, but the biggest thing in all of that was I began to ask for help. Because prior to that, I didn't really talk to people about what was going on. Because I was afraid that I'd be shut out, outcast, pushed out. I wouldn't, I'd lose ministry opportunities. I would lose influence. People would not trust and they would doubt. And all these weird things that the enemy puts into our minds about being vulnerable and asking for help to be able to receive the help from others. And God began to do that with me. And I remember, um, you know, because... Uh, um, I was just having so much pain, and I, I'd ask God, I was like, why is this happening? Like, I know that you can heal. I know that you can make this whole. Why is this going on? And God said, Kyle, there's a purpose for the pain. And I said, okay, what? What's the purpose of this pain? And he said, for you to reach out to others and ask for help. And so I started doing that, something I'd never done before. I'd send out group texts, hey, my knees hurts, my feet hurt, my whatever, all these different things. And, and as, that began, as I began to do that, the process of healing began immensely emotionally and physically. I remember I was on the phone with Pastor Andy on the back porch, um, you know, a few years ago, uh, finally telling somebody for the ver very first time how dark my thoughts and feelings were, the different things that I'd wrestle with, because I'd never even talked with Jenna about them. You know, I would allude to them about, oh, you know, depression, well, you know, everyone has it. But it was dark, and there was thoughts and feelings and desires and all the stuff that just not wanting to be here, right? And to be able to share that with somebody and to talk about that with somebody, you know, brought that healing, brought that freedom to be able to, it's like, excuse me, <laughs> it's like a balloon, right? These, these, these thoughts that we have that we can't share things, we can't be vulnerable and honest, it's like this balloon that fills our mind and it's literally hot air. And once we can begin to pop it and talk about it and all that air starts to dissipate and starts to flow out, we're able to actually have clarity and able to receive the healing that God has available for us. 
you know, um, mentally, I watched God heal me. I remember I was walking at the park one day um, as God had started healing me up mentally, or emotionally rather, and I was feeling better and I was having some breakthrough, but I was walking at the park one day and I was just feeling depressed and I was like, I was getting frustrated. And I was like, okay, you know what? Fine, God. And this is my conversation with the Lord. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to fake how I feel and make it real. And God was like, yeah. So healing process for my mental and emotional was making that decision. I'm going to fake how I feel and make it real, right? And sometimes in our lives, when the process of healing with mental and emotional stuff, right, we have to, we have to uh, make a decision mentally and allow our emotions to catch up to it. And it's not super easy, but as we do that, eventually it will happen, right? And part of that mental healing is remembering the Word of God, who He says that we are, and allowing our thoughts, you know what, I'm going to fake how I'm going to and make it real, and emotions will catch up. And I remember, uh, it was a probably a year and a half ago, I don't know what, what, how long it was, but anyways, I was uh, driving to actually hang out with John Walton. I was heading to Starbucks to get a cup of coffee, just, you know, hang out with him. And as I was driving, a song came up on my phone that, you know, before, when that song came up, because music was a big, big driver for me, that song would have pulled me down into this, like, pit of despair, because I'm just, you know, super emotional, and music moves me so passionately, all this stuff. And as I'm listening to it, I'm realizing, like, I can, I can go there if I want to. I can go there if I want to. And it was as if, like, I'm driving, and the way that I saw it is like there was this mist, this da- dark, black, misty, like, cloud over here, and it was so far and separated from me, but I could look over at it, and I was like, I can walk into that if I want to. I can go down into that darkness. I can sink down into it if I want to. It's right there. It's available. And it was just so amazing how it didn't influence me. It didn't have this huge uh, driving factor on me. And a lot of that just come, all of it came from the healing process that God had started with me um, in that. And, um, and I'll say even physically, like I, I don't know how, I don't know why, but I remember, uh, you know, uh, it was so bad physically. My knee and my ankles and everything was so sore that I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even mow the lawn. The most I could do was go put out open house signs on a Saturday host an open house, and then collect my signs, and then get through church. And then by Monday, my feet were, were just in, on fire, red, swollen. My knees were all swollen up, and it was so, so excruciating, painful. And it was so bad that how I lived each day of my life, that's, that's a fun sound, how I lived each day of my life is I would start each morning with 800 milligrams of ibuprofen and, and Tylenol, and maybe an leave here and there just to kind of for good measure, Right? And so I would start my day with that, go through my day, and then I would end my day with another 800 ibuprofen, Tylenol, and, you know, maybe, again, another Aleve if it's been a stressful day. And so that's what I did every single day. And so over the course of these few years, watching God break off the mental and emotional things and heal those different things, there's been a physical healing that it doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, and I've gone from, from one way to another, and, and it's because of the healing that I've been able to receive from God. Um, when I was a teenager, I used to do a lot of fishing. I lived in Coos Bay, Oregon, and we'd go out to these streams, and we'd go, uh, we'd go, I'd go fishing, and we'd catch cutthroat trout, coastal cutties. And it was so much fun. I loved it so much. And as I got more and more into trout fishing, um, I'd, I, I became obsessed with catching a brook trout. And these brook trout, you can only find them in high alpine lakes, right? They're only, you can only go up to them by a lot of work. And, um, and and so uh, these next few pictures here, I think they're going to show up. Oh, yeah, go to the, there we go, perfect. So this is me. So this is me with the, with the brook trout. 
And so what, what's so special about them is, this is how much I love uh, trout, guys. Look, I'm making out with that little guy. Uh, this is, this is the one of the things, I don't know if you can see in the picture, but brook trout, they're so beautiful because they have these red dots with these blue circles around them. And to be able to get up and to get this fish was an incredible journey. Um, and that, that fish isn't the biggest one that I caught. There's actually, uh, let's, let's look at the next slide. I'll show the, the big fish that I caught. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> look how, oh. oh. Oh, come here. Oh, come on, stop. He's a... This is wrong with <laughs> Yeah, he was a big one, man. It was so much fun. This has been a dream of mine forever. And uh, go to the next slide. It'll show. So uh, last August, you know, this is coming from somebody who couldn't even mow his lawn. Last August, me and a buddy, we went out hiking in the Wallowas in eastern Oregon. And uh, that's the route that we took. And even though, at the, I don't know if you can see on the bottom, it says 26 miles. We actually did 30 miles. Because the first day we went two miles in the wrong direction because we're such avid mountain men. And so we had a backtrack, so four miles extra. So we did 30 miles for a total of 4,500 feet elevation. And there I am at the top. You know, it's, I've just seen that picture. It's just crazy, you guys, because that's something that's been in my heart forever and a dream of mine forever to be able to hike mountains and to go catch brook trout. You know, that's 8,500 feet up there with 40, 35 pounds on my back. And I don't know if you can tell in that picture, that little circle, little dot there, that's little old Kyle. Little Kyle with his 35-pound backpack on him. And so we hiked up and did this thing. And this is, this is the summit. This is the peak. You can go to the next slide. So this is what we got to see. Man, this is the top of it. That's Glacier Lake right there, 8,500 feet. And I can just... Now, I look at that picture, and I remember so many times in my life where I would be on, like, social media, on Instagram, and just looking at pictures of these high, but ever have the physical ability or any way to be able to get up there and do it, and, and, and what it took to be able to get to that point where I'm, you know, making out with fish, and, uh, you know, up here at this high mountain lake and everything, it, meant it took healing, mental, emotional, physical healing. And to be able to receive, it's miraculous. It's, it's different things to experience. So, so grateful for it. And um, before you start thinking that like I'm some awesome hiker, mountain man doing this stuff, we have this next slide to kind of reveal. That was how I looked 90% of the time. I was literally, in that picture, I was literally about to pass out. I almost passed out like probably like once or twice a day. And I, I turned around after catching my breath and Cheyenne caught a picture of me. And and I was, just, I was just wiped out. We, uh, we got so sunburned that we had to put, um, we had to put our, 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 our shirts over our heads because it was so bad. Um, and you might notice in the one picture where the shirt's laying out how sweaty and awesome it is. That's the first day. The one up there where it rained on us because it, pe- it wasn't all a perfect thing. That's the last day. And yes, that is the same blue shirt. And no, there aren't washer and dryers in the mountains. It smelled great. It was awesome. But... In your own life, man, like I know there's, there's mental, emotional, physical things. I don't know how, when, why God does stuff. I know that he's capable of doing it, right? And that, as, as, as weird as it might sound, there's a purpose for the pain. And to ask God, why? Why am I feeling this? What is going on in my life? Why is this here? Paul, our, you know, one of our great apostles from, in the Bible, he had a similar situation. He had a thorn in the flesh is what he described it as. What it was, we don't know. But there was something that aggravated and agitated and brought pain and discomfort to him daily. And he asked God to remove it three times. And Jesus said, no, we're going to keep it because my power is made perfect in your weakness. And I think that we can even say, like, my power, what I've experienced, my power is made perfect in your pain. 
I don't know how, I don't know why, but God has a process that he has us all on for us to be able to lean on him and trust on him and receive the healing that he has for us and to receive what he has from the people around us because I could not have even began to get up this mountain to be able to do this if I hadn't asked for help and received the healing comfort, the healing prayers from the people that God has put in my life. And so, um, so uh, the last thing we're going to touch on before we get to the very end um, is, is, is family. A big part of my story, uh, I've shared a lot, is I didn't have a whole lot of family growing up. You know, I grew up in abuse. I grew up in trauma. There was abandonment, all these different things going on. There was no grandpas, no grandmas. There was, uh, you know, no aunts or uncles. We had some loose family connections, you know, here and there, uh, like with friends from my mom's uh, close friends and whatnot. But, I would, you know, there was just not that family feel of I belong here. This is my family, and I can rely and, and depend on them and grow with them. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it brought a lot of different painful things out of my life, you know, um, and, uh, and so as God has brought me in his family as a son, uh, you know, being able to receive this, this, uh, this thing of family has been incredible, right? So that verse, you know, for my father and my mother forsake me, but the Lord will receive me. And even though I didn't have all of these things, I didn't have all of the family, the Lord will take me in. And he has. And as he's taken me in as his son, the, the ability to be able to call y'all family you know, is, is insane. It's incredible. And watching it play out has been really cool. Um, one of the things that I'm learning by being part of God's family is, uh, you know, I'd always heard people talk about, you know, the weird cousin. I think on family vacation, you had the weird cousin Eddie, right? So I already always heard about that, never really experienced it with, I, with how I grew up, with my upbringing and whatnot. And as I've gotten brought into God's family as a son, I'm starting to realize that I'm the weird cousin in God's family, <laughs> Like, I'm just, like, looking around, like, I'm feeling it out, you know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm awkward, man, like, I, I, I don't know how to, like, oh, my gosh, and so the process of being able to be brought in as part of God's family um, and to have those rough edges smoothed out has been awesome, and, you know, even though uh, family has forsaken, abandoned, it wasn't there, God has put people in my life to be able to make up for that lack, you know, um, on my birthday a couple of weeks ago, um, as I'm pulling into the church, um, an estranged biological family member that I only got in contact with recently sent me this horrible text, just a horrible text. I don't even know this person, right? And horrible text and like blah, 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 you know, so happy birthday. And I was just like, dude, I can't, I don't, so I've learned enough over time to, again, not to allow that to sink in. And so I was like, dude, all right, you know, I got to move on, you know, I've, I've, I've got to move on. So I didn't let it sink in. And, um, you know, I walk in the building, and the second that I walk in the building after receiving this text, uh, Penny walks up to me and hands me this card, dude. I know that seems like so like, like simple or basic, but just the fact that this person who was supposed to have been there for me was never there and is now like attacking me, like that sucked. But then I walk into God's family, right? And I get handed this card, and it was so cool because I opened the card, and she had wrote the beautiful note on there, and she had taped a penny instead of signing her name, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I will never throw that card away, you know, and, and so it's been, it was, I, I appreciate it, and that's what God does, right, he brings us in and creates family, um, you know, and not all of my stories have been, you know, pretty penny stories, there was, when I was in my early 20s and stuff, I started getting connected to family, and there was this older guy, um, is actually, his name is actually Harry Oldenberger, no joke, and he, he passed away, uh, you know, many years ago, but it wasn't always this awesome receiving. I had a hard time with it because I remember Harry and I, every Tuesday, we'd go to the Peachtree Cafe and get breakfast and some pie and talk and hang out. And it was an incredible bonding experience. And he would, like, give me $20 bill. Like, here you go, Kyle. You know, have a good day and all this stuff. 
And then one day while we were at meeting, he says, you know, Kyle, I kind of I feel like I'm like your grandpa, right? And, and that's super sweet, but I never met with him again after that. It just threw me off. I was so uncomfortable. I was so freaked out. I was so scared. My first thought was, what does he want from me? And it's one of my biggest regrets when I talk about God's family because I didn't, I cut him off. He kept texting me. I'd call him. I'd see him at church, say hi. But there's something about me that I was not able to receive what God is putting in there. And, and it was a lost opportunity. I know I'll see him in heaven. I'll run to him. I'll give him a hug and tell him I love him. But man, just like, so, you know, that was, that was not, again, it's not all awesome. But, um, but I know one day we'll make it right. But that's what God does. He brings us into his family and gives us something that we've never had. Um, you know, and, and even though I read that verse, you know, father, mother, forsake me, there's abuse, abandonment, all that stuff. As God has brought me into his family, I've been able to learn what forgiveness looks like. I've been able to see that my own uh, a potential for abandoning people and hurting people is real. And it's no different from the potential of abandoning, hurting people from the people who have done that to me. And as I've been in God's family, I've been able to watch and see as other people forgive their moms and dads. And it's given me confidence to show me what it looks like to actually begin to forgive my mom and my dad. And up till my dad passed away last year, we were starting to actually have some connection over Facebook. And, you know, and now with my mom, even all that stuff that's happened, we have a, 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 a relationship. We're able to care for each other and check in on each other. It's, it's not all uh, peaches and cream. It's a little bit of peaches and gravy, but, you know, that's okay, man. There's still some good in there, and God is doing his thing in that. And so, um, you know, uh, I, w- I want to end on this because I don't have much time left, but remembering is a big part of it. And so, um, you know, writing it down, remembering is huge, but I want to um, actually end on this verse. If you go to the, all the way to the end, Adelie, for that Psalm 103. And so when you look at your life, right, there's all these different things. Maybe you haven't received everything that I've received, but I guarantee you if you examine your life and you look at it, there are things that God has done in you and through you and that you might not be aware of them. And so my tool, my resource for you is to write it down. This piece of paper that Andy has for us, it's in, you can find it for testing God. On the bottom, it's a, an opportunity for us to write down the things that God is doing. Because it's so easy for us to forget. We have distractions. We have life. All of these things. So write it down and keep track. And, and, and write this uh, psalm down. Reflect on it, right? It says that, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems, my, uh, re- redeems me from death and cry. My youth is renewed like the eagles. And Psalm 103, 2 through 5. What are the good things that God has filled your life with? It's there. It's real. I'm not saying it's easy. But God loves you. And every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of the heavenly lights who there's no changing, no casting of shadows. We sit down and we go in our, every year at New Year's Eve as we sit with the kids, even our three and four-year-old, we sit down and we go through all the different things that God has done in the past year all the ways that he's moved, all the good stuff, right? Like some of it's like, oh, I got Pokemon cards. I got a new baseball. It doesn't matter. It's the habit and the practice of remembering, right? And, and another simple thing that we all can do is on a phone or on a piece of paper is every day, five things you're grateful for. And it can be as simple as air conditioning, you know, cooler weather, water, a pillow, electricity. It's just the habit and the practice of remembering the different things that we've received because they're there and they're real. 
God, I thank you so much for your goodness to us, God, for the ways that you've uh, just redeemed our lives. You healed us, God. You set us free. Lord, I pray that you would just open our minds and open our eyes to be aware uh, over the last week, month, six months, year, God, last five years, all of the ways, God, that you have uh, moved in our life, God. Lord, we, we want to um, never forget. We always want to remember the different things that you've done, the good things you've done for us, Jesus. And so we thank you for it, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Take the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.